So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, I don't know what this is actually gonna be about. <laughs> uh, with this being said, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics fucking podcast. And we, once again, I'm just, you know, trying to kind of recap where I've stopped yesterday with the Ray Dalio principle summary, because this is where we're gonna start today as well, or we're gonna go ahead today as well. Uh, maybe I'm gonna do something for today additionally, maybe not, because probably there's going to be a vlog for today, or I could actually do it like, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna do it like, like that, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I think today is gonna be two episodes, one uh, longer one, one shorter one, I guess, because I do not have that much time, or that, yeah, that much time actually, um, but yeah. I think we're gonna just go ahead quite, quite, quite fast. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna recap some of them what I've uh, actually been talking about yesterday as well, because I don't actually know where I've stopped and I do not wanna kinda uh, lose something and I do not wanna uh, miss out on something and I do not want you to miss out on something as well um, Just hearing that's a little bit a lot echo today But as long as I'm just you know pretty much sitting in my fucking microphone, I guess that's totally okay. I'm totally fine um, So he likes to automate things and this is what I just recap or what I just remember from yesterday and it was totally about rules and how he's kind of automated his whole trading thing because he has i think the biggest hedge fund in the history of humanity or something <laughs> so it's, def it's definitely pretty fucking big i think a few billion dollars it should be and but i guess i haven't been talking about the last point there which is he started automating he started automating management and human relationships through tools like recording all meetings the dot collector or which seems to be the dot collector because it's a quote-unquote, and the paint button. Computers can take in data points about people and figure out how to get the most out of people for each project. Yeah, uh, I just you know remember now that I've actually spoken about it in the last episode as well. But yeah, I think this isn't bothering you or something. But we will go straight ahead to the next point, which is never size the first available option. Uh, which is actually something that I've been talking about, I think, in yesterday's episode for quite, for quite, I haven't, but I've been thinking about it, I guess. I really haven't. I think I've just been speaking about it a little bit because I thought like it is important to not only take the first viable option or the first available option, but it really is important, like... Um, yeah, I yeah for sure, I remember. Um, yesterday, I, yesterday, I've been speaking about it in terms of... Uh, of, of design processes because often it is just the case that you just start with a great idea and then you're trying out a lot of things and then you end up with multiple choices like a ton of choices uh, at least this is you know uh, what's been like for me quite 
all the time. Like, you know, I've tried with, or I've started with one solution or one kind of design. And at the end, you know, I've pretty much had 20, 30, 50, yeah, okay, let's say 20 or 30 or something, um, and different variations of the um, initial design and, and whatsoever. So I've just been ending up with quite a lot of ideas, a lot of variation and a lot of options. And this is always a big problem for me because at the end, I do not quite know what I should take. Like there are so many options, like really a lot of options because you can do so many variations. You can use different fonts, different colors, different kind of compositions and a lot of them can work pretty great. And I do think this just then like what makes a great designer, isn't it? Like, you know, if he's actually able to choose the right option and the right thing and the thing that's that's working the best. And um, most of the time I really come to the conclusion that the first thing I've did, um, it's been quite often for me like this, not always, to be really honest, not always, but often it's really like the first thing I've tried or the first option that I've had is then the final one. Because I somehow decide like, okay, you know, this is just the greatest one. You know, it's not always the case, but often. I really have to say it, it's often the case. And therefore, um, like, yeah, you know, sometimes it makes sense that that you should just, you know, take the first option, you know, uh, it totally just depends on, you know, what it is all about, like, if it is about a car, if it is about, like, a design, um, it totally comes up to what it is, yeah, actually. <laughs> um, by the way, I'm pretty fucking pumped to be here today, I'm really fucking pumped that I'm seeing that everything is going quite smoothly, and I like it, I really deeply like it, Unfortunately, I do just have to, think, record for tomorrow as well. Um, but I'll see. I'll totally see. Um, so never size the first available option. If you have a choice between two dif difficult options, look harder for a novel solution for a novel solution that you haven't found yet. An example would be pure alpha. In investing, it seemed Bridgewater could either take high-risk, high-return or low-risk, low-return paths. The former would risk a total wipeout and the later is unrewarding. Instead, Delio found that each incremental correlated, uncorrelated asset could improve the return to risk ratio and reduce the risk of losing money in any given year. This led to Bridgewater's flagship fund, Pure Alpha, which has returned returned an annual average of 18% across its nearly 30 years. Bridgewater's culture in the 90s, which is, by the way, amazing, like 80%, you have to think about it. Like, let's say you have 1K uh, in your, I do not actually have to calculate it. <laughs> when you have 1K in a fucking bank account or in your uh, investment account, your return would be 180 fucking dollars or euros or whatever it will be i guess like i still can record it uh yes 180 uh, which is totally a lot like it's really a lot you know it is actually a lot for because i've um i've been interested in the whole uh topic you know investing and whatsoever and uh if it is actually the only kind of way you can get rich a lot of people say like it is because it makes sense like it really makes sense because if you bet on really good companies somehow or if you bet even on america as some say if you invest in certain things then 
then yeah, you can lose or you can win. And when you're winning something, you win a lot. And when you're losing something, you probably lose a lot as well. Like, doesn't have to, doesn't always have to be the case because it is actually the case that it is most of the time like you know either high risk and low return. Uh, no, high risk and high return or low risk and low return. Um, even though, um, like over time, if you're really just trying to get rich slowly, so over time, just you know being rich when you're 70, 80 or something, um, then it's quite low risk, I guess. I guess. I don't know. You know, I'm not an expert in this area. I'm totally not. Um, but um, most of the people who I have uh, been listening to said that they had a 10% annual return and everyone was like, what the fuck? And it's just amazing that you have had a 10% uh, return this year and whatsoever, or even 11%. Um, which is just quite a lot like it really is a lot if you think about it as just a compound interest thing which means that you know uh, if you have 10k um, 10k in your uh, in your bank account then you're gonna have one you know no, no let's say 1k then you have 1k and 180 dollars then after one year or after this year again you're gonna have 80 percent of the 1180 which would be 1180 which would already be 1392 because it's exponential like it goes up pretty quickly and if you do have quite a lot of money like let's say 100k or 10k even you know it's still 1.8k you know if you 10 if you have 10k and it's quite a lot, and it is fucking exponential. Like you're really getting rich over time. Like it really works theoretically. Practically, I'm a little bit skeptical to be honest, because um, you know, uh, quite always it's about the S and P 500, which is an index fund, which means that it is not actively managed. Uh, which means that. <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen something. Um, this is the cable from my mouse. Uh, I'm unfortunately not able to actually plug in my mouse because I do just have only two fucking USB slots. One is for my uh, hard drive and the other one is for my phone actually because it is connected to my PC. And I've actually seen... <laughs> it is so fucking dumb, I know, but... Um, there is the... Uh, I don't know what it is actually called. I think we're gonna just actually have to look it up because this is actually something that I've uh, I've never in quite known. Is it the power supply? It's an adapter. I think it's an adapter, like the thing you plug into your uh, uh, into the socket. I, yeah, now I also know what the fucking socket is called. It is fucking called socket. Um, so this thing you you just you know uh, I'm actually trying to kind of explain for the people who are listening to this as a podcast. Um, the thing you're just you know plugging into your socket for you know for your power supply, and I can actually kind of just put my fucking mouse in it, and it was just funny for me. I don't know if it is funny for other people. I guess not, <laughs> but never mind. Um, but at the end, it is always about the 
uh, S&P 500, which is an index fund, which means it is not actively managed, which means that there is no kind of man or no kind of woman that is actually trying to make you the most money. Because the problem about this is that there are a lot of fees. You have to pay for these people who are actively managing your shit. Um, the good thing about it is, at my point of view at least, that you can somehow be sure that you're going to make money. I know it might totally be not kind of worth it, but I guess because, um, you know, most of the people who are actively managing other people's money uh, do get something off of it. Like if they make, I don't know, 10k a year for somebody, they're going to get a percentage of this 10k. If they're going to make 1k a year for this person or just, you know, another person, then they're going to get a percentage of this 1k, you know. At least I guess, you know, it, it just would make sense, but but let's see. Um, in the 90s, Ray's Leutnants gave him feedback about how his openness makes them feel incompetent and humili humiliated and engenders toxic toxicity. Toxicity. It seemed they could have uh, they could have one of two things. The first one would be be radically truthful and being weakness to the surface. And the second one is have happy and satisfied employees. Um, he came to understand that people who weren't as close to Ray didn't know his principles and misinterpreted his directness. This led Ray to put his management principles in writing, clarifying why radical transparency was critical to success and providing a framework for resolving disagreements. I think this is just a really, really common problem because communication, as I've been talking about it so fucking often, is just really, really difficult. You know, I think that's not only my kind of opinion. I guess a lot of people think about it that way, but it really is just really, really, really complex and, and pretty tough. Like, everyone is able to communicate something just in a bad way. Like, at the end, they didn't mean it this way and somebody think like, or the other people think like, you know, you've said something bad, but actually you don't want to say something bad. You know, it's just just how they received it and or how you communicated it. Like, there's always like, you can be kind of the one who is just to be blamed and also the other ones. Like, it is always kind of difficult. Um, so the receiver and the sender both can somehow be blamed because even though you somehow communicate something, it's, it might be in a, proper way, in a proper way, but, you know, the other people just somehow misunderstand it and therefore they're not going to somehow kind of uh, agree with you or they want to, or they're just, you know, going to be upset with you or something like this. You know, there is a lot of complexity playing into this whole scheme of uh, communication also in a theoretical way. Like, um, I've had some theoretical communication stuff in school because uh, I'm actually in a design and uh, communication design school. And uh, we've been talking about this and there are actually a lot of models from, I would say, pretty just intellectual guys and girls and people in general, which are fucking strange and or like pretty difficult to understand, you know, first of all. And um, often it is also a little bit philosophical as well. And it just is complex at my point of view. Um, but let's see, way second and third order consequences. Weigh second and third order consequences. Don't let short, short term first order consequences deter you from reaching the real goals. 
For example, fitness. A first order consequence is the pain during the exercise or dieting. A second order consequence is health. And the third order consequence is happiness and attractiveness, etc. Which actually is the case. Like, um, this might actually be one of the only reasons why people don't work out. Because it is pain. Like, it's not always fun. Like, for me it is fun because it's just really natural for me. But it also is sometimes not fun. Because it's really, really, really a lot of pain. Like, you know, even though I'm thinking about it. Like, it's just a little bit crazy that that we are kind of just, yeah, because we want to. We're going through pain. It's, it somehow feels a little strange as I'm thinking about it, but but in terms of the whole health aspect and the whole happiness and attractiveness and whatsoever, it totally is true as well. Like, it's gonna make you healthy, even though you have to go through the pain. And I, yeah, I understand what he means, I guess. Inversely, tempting first-order consequences can deter you from their downsides, for example, smoking. Ah, I see, which is completely the just reverse thing, like smoking, like just as a first order thing or first order consequence, it's just a lot of fun or it's just a lot of pleasure or it feels good or it makes you feel better or you can lose weight through it or whatsoever, whatever you, you're going to think about it. And But the second consequence is actually that you're going to be just really fucking unhealthy and the third thing is maybe that... Yeah, that you're going to be unhappy about it, which is completely the other side, which is completely like, yeah. So, uh, sorry if there was actually a pretty loud noise there, because I was f called and wasn't phoned. <laughs> I was called and yeah, I think I'm going to just, you know, put them together as uh, without rendering, which is actually possible with the QuickTime player. You can actually put together two uh, two videos and or two clips and whatever you want to um, think of them. And uh, it works pretty fine. It really works quite fine. It's gonna take just, you know, 10 minutes or a little bit less. And then you gotta have just a full episode. Like a full, I don't know, depends on what length you're putting together. Uh, but yeah. It is actually a great thing that he is pointing out there that, that uh, there is the, uh, uh, the the A, B, and C consequence, or the first, second, and third consequence. Uh, nature may even be throwing us strict choices to punish people who make short-term decisions on first-order consequences alone, uh, which is actually the case. Like, um, if you do just only eat like things that are tasting really well and not actually saying that healthy things do not taste well like if you know what you're doing and if you know and if you've tried out a few things i really think that you can eat pretty healthy really really fucking healthy and good like it is totally possible like a lot of things and it you know definitely comes up to what you prefer and what you like and whatsoever but there are so many things that are just great and healthy like Fruits in general, fruits are really healthy, you know, and also pretty fucking good. Like, for sure, there are also there are some preferences, people like this, people like that. It always comes up to, to just what you like, yeah, definitely. But, um, but it really is possible. Also, like, you know, rice and pasta and... 
uh, salads in general, you know, vegetables in general are also pretty fucking great, you know, just really taste just amazing. And, you know, I do just really have to be honest and say, I don't know, like, I don't know what tastes good because I'm just, you know, only eating things that are healthy as I think about them. Like, you know, if I'm viewing things as healthy that I'm going to eat it and I think they're going to taste better than if, yeah, you know, not, not, not quite yeah, you know, I just don't know, because often I hear people saying, like, you know, this tastes shit, and I'm like, you know what, this tastes amazing, you know, but it could also just be the case, because I can eat it, like, yeah, you know, because I'm not eating everything, and when I'm eating something, this is just quite, makes me happy, you know, especially if it's something that's, that's not quite, quite, you know, regular, or usual, or what everyone think about, so yeah, like, pretty amazing. Pretty fucking amazing. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I don't know. I hope there's not too loud all the noises and whatsoever. I, I really hope it is. Because I'm not pretty into kind of uh, just editing it afterwards. But I guess uh, we are already 20 minutes in or something. And there is actually a next uh, a new section here. Which I'm, I think, not going to go through. Because... Because it's the next section and I don't have that much time today, I'm gonna be in a little hurry and... Ah, but there's the next one. But this is also pretty long. Ah. No, I can't. I pretty much can't. So I think this is the end of the episode. I do hope there was something in it. I really hope I normally do not like to, to make these episodes so short. You know, if you wanna call it 20 minutes short, I think it is actually or should actually be the 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 really the uh the uh, 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 uh shortest episode I've ever made could actually be the case I still hope that there's that there was something in it maybe some great idea or something but yeah uh, I wish you the best I'll see you actually the end screen the end screen uh, I wish you the best health wealth happiness and success and I hope that you're gonna remind yourself on how you're gonna be remembered. Which means how the guy and the girl on your funeral, what they're going to talk about you. Whether you're going to be a good person at the end or going to be a bad person at the end. is solely in your hands. So please think about this. And I'll see you and thank you from the bottom of my fucking heart for actually watching and or listening to this episode.